I'm I'm just in a whole different zone right now, dude. <laughs> it sounds like it. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's superhero slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, we're going far from home with Spider-Man. Oh, get those tickets ready. All aboard. Tray tables up. Yes, what he said. Uh, (laughs) Hall H is looking a little bit empty at Comic-Con this year. Uh, I think we're just getting a different type of quality at San Diego, but we'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. Teen Titans are fighting themselves. Themselves? Were you writing like the promo for it? The Teen Titans are fighting. Dun dun dun. Themselves. I, I'm pretty. It might be in the trailer already. I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> and more. Oh, Chris, we have very pressing matters right we now. We do. This um, is the, we have to open our show <laughs> because Mike is dying. Yeah, so uh, as we like to feature different sorts of exclusive eats and treats on the show before we start going, uh, Chris and I were on a very similar wavelength uh, while we were out shopping today on different sides of the country, and we both, no joke, simultaneously, without coordination, came across this new Mountain Dew flavor out on our trips, and we both texted it to each other almost simultaneously. So this is how you know you got good co-hosts on your side is when we're on the same wavelength here. But this is Mountain Dew Liberty Brew. And Chris, I would like you to tell the audience how many flavors are in this one bottle as per the label. Judging by the red, white, and blue colors here, you would be correct to assume there are 50 flavors in one <laughs> bottle. Yeah, this is this is just crazy. So uh, this is a full sugar uh, uh, experience that we're about to get on here. Very very similar to our new Coke experience a couple weeks ago. But I have a strong feeling this is going to well, taste nothing like that. What I enjoy about this, if you look at the artwork a little closely, you see an American eagle, what looks to be a Marlboro man on a on a horse. Oh uh, yeah, a buffalo, uh, the Golden Gate Bridge, hills, mountains, forests. Then the Statue of Liberty riding a motorcycle with the cracked <laughs> Liberty Bell uh, on, on the gas tank. On the gas tank. Uh, uh, the, into the this w- is just Capitol this Hill. is just too great. I can't think of a better way to op- to open up summer to the podcast and to pre- prepare ourselves for Spider Man coming up and also the Fourth of July. And also, coincidentally, this is a very, very blue drink, and you're going to yeah. be having very blue popcorn when you go see Spider-Man. Yeah, with the red lid and the red red popcorn yeah. that I'm going to get, All right, too. Cr- All right, Chris, let's pop it open. All right, let's here it is. podcast gonna, gonna, started. Yep. Oh. Oh, oh yeah. God. I, I got to pull a shirt maneuver. I can't get this lid Oh, off. my gosh. Mike skipped right. arm day. All right, here we go. All oh, right. there it is. All right, let's get the bouquet. All right. All right. Ooh, that smells That smells like a, exactly what it looks like. It smells like a bomb pop. Pops All right, let's di- let's dive in. All right, bottoms up. Oh wow, that is. This kind of reminds oh. me of like a um, like a suicide, um, but your selection has a lot more fruity options when you step up to the soda machine. You know, it's like you're just getting every flavor. Like, I actually do get some sort of cola flavoring in here. I didn't think that was going to be present at all, but yeah, I feel like I am getting like a little bit of like a cherry Pepsi. You know what you with do some with Mountain it? Dew? What's, you you what's pour that? a half a glass of Dr Pepper, half a glass of this, mix them together. You have dark berry Dr Pepper, <laughs> and you would also have 
Well, you might have overlapping flavors, but if you add that up, that's like 70, what's that, like 74? 73, uh, 74 eight. flavors. <laughs> you're going to have a lot of flavors, and you're not going to know what to do with them. But This is intense. This is pretty crazy. I mean, it's actually pretty good. Like, if you want, like, good. a very, if you want a very fruit berry flavored soda, and you're out, man, this would definitely be good out at a cookout on the 4th of July. Oh, on you ice? Your, you got your, you got your flimsy, like, styrofoam plate. And you're getting, you're loading up your burger, your potato salad, your chips, some sort of bizarre casserole, but you know it's cheese forward, but you don't know like, did is there potato in here? Is this pasta? I don't really know what the deal is, but there's breadcrumbs on top of it, so I'm gonna find a place. I'm gonna move my burger off to the edge of the styrofoam plate to get that on there. But you're balancing everything, and you're just like, oh, where do I sit? I can't do all this at the same time. But then you go in for a sip of this. Man, Mountain Dew should sponsor us because well, this is actually pretty delicious. I, I, what I really enjoy is how you set the scene for how you're going to drink this drink at a cookout. Oh, you have to. This is not going to be some sort of regal affair. Yeah, no. But, I mean, it, it's really got that berry flavor to it. And, uh, you know, honestly, there are a lot of Mountain Dew flavors, and some of them really missed the mark. Um, uh-huh. But this is pretty good, actually. Uh I, I, I dread I dread this because it is 280 calories <laughs> and 75 sugars per bottle. Yeah, this is insane. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to really make up for this later today. But, I mean. This is worth it. We're doing this it is for a- you guys out there, the audience. Um, I will stand for Mountain Dew. This is just like my propaganda arm of the podcast where I'm just trying to normalize. I'm trying to get the neckbeard aesthetic off of Mountain Dew just because you shouldn't be afraid of like citrus and lemon lime sodas just because it's kind of marketed very heavily towards like video game enthusiasts and whatnot. But um, it's really kind of hard to apologize for them when they have... The Statue of Liberty riding yeah. a chopper with an eagle behind well, it. <laughs> their their lo- their label's not helping their cause, Mike. At, at this point, but I will tell it's you good what, though. Well, I will tell you. There's another flavor. Did we talk about the peach flavor at KFC that they have? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the that's my favorite Mountain Dew out right now this summer. Damn, but. I haven't had a chance to try it. Uh, our KFCs. Um, I'm not going to say they're not around, but they're just not in areas I usually go to in the city. So I still have that in the back of my head uh, to try out. But, hey, maybe we'll go get some Peach Mountain Dew together, baby, because you are coming out. You yeah. are less than, what, three weeks away from Comic-Con now? Uh, I think uh, it, I it's two weeks from Tuesday. Yeah, the, the man, 16th, it's coming up. The second is Tuesday. So we, I, we are two weeks away holy fudge i've been very excited about this because i've been telling everyone i'm planning my trip around regional food joints um, <laughs> yeah every other day i get a text message from you have you heard of this restaurant what's <laughs> this place and i'm like oh i don't know let me ask some people out here yeah because everyone everyone everyone's like you gotta go here you gotta go here and i'm like i don't want to go to all the places but i'm gonna start my day off my trip off by um doing white castle uh, here, here oh, in the Midwest, yeah. we because we talked about this last week. Yeah, you're yeah. gonna do the burger chain. Yeah, the burger chain. So I'm very excited for that. And uh, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, I can't believe I can't believe we're, we're this close, Mike. We're gonna be hanging out. We're gonna do a, our first live show in what four and a half years. Yeah, we're gonna be right in front of each other. Uh, more importantly, more than just you coming out and visiting, we're going to be doing our annual Comic Con wrap up show. There's yeah. just so much news that comes out of the convention that uh, it, you can't keep track of it all. You used to be the man in the chair, and I wouldn't go to the extent of saying I am Peter Parker in this situation, and you are Genki slash Ed. Uh, Ned, we were, Ned, we were Ned, whatever. We're, we're kind of both Ned. I just happen to be geographically closer to the convention center. So now we're both going to be there. We're going to sit down in my, my quote-unquote podcast studio, if you will, 
and we're gonna we're gonna run it all down in person. It's gonna be great, a lot of energy. Watch it be our worst episode because we're in person and don't know how to do this with when oh, we're God. not on Skype. So I'm gonna have to go in the I, other room and we're gonna record it through the wall. So <laughs> we'll do we'll do some testing. We'll make sure it's all good. Uh, but uh, speaking of Comic Con and the Convention Center, yes. one th- one thing that came out of Comic Con a few years ago. I don't know if you remember this, but it was a crowdfunding mini series. I never got around to watching it, but it was called Con Man. Do you remember that? Yeah, with uh, Nathan Fillion and Alan Tudyk. Yes, exactly. So now that this is kind of all back in the forefront of my brain, I do want to check it out. But now that we're talking about Alan Tudyk, last night uh, Andy and I were lucky enough to get tickets to a play down at the Geffen Playhouse, which is in the UCL area of Los Angeles, to see this play called Mysterious Circumstances. And this was the only time I've ever been thankful for a Facebook ad, because it's the only reason I know about this, was through a Facebook ad. And I'm sure I was targeted because I was in the area, and I also have liked things on Facebook adjacent to the man Alan Tudyk, which we love on this podcast. He's got the Alan Tudyk verse. I mean, we, yeah, we talk about it all the time. He's got the he's the voice of K2SO, which is mainly the thing I like the most about Rogue One. Uh, he's also been in Con Man, all about convention centers. He was Firefly, many other things, done a lot of voices. We love Alan Tudyk. So he was actually in a play where he was starring, playing a couple different roles. But uh, at the he was playing a character who was researching uh, Arthur Conan Doyle, who wrote Sherlock Holmes. And then they also did this really cool thing in the play where they kind of flash back to the universe that was being written by Arthur Conan Doyle. So Alan Tudyk also played Sherlock Holmes. So it was this really cool play and this kind of like smaller, intimate type of theater that had some really cool effects mm-hmm. on the stage. So the, the the play starts right off with like a dead person on like a oriental rug, but they did this really cool thing where the rug is stretched vertically. So it kind of comes at you. So it's like the audience is almost like looking down, like we're the camera and we're looking down at the rug. And then they did this cool thing where they have like this door opening sound effect and these cast shadows come across the rug so it still looks like we're looking down and people are through the door so it was a really cool theater going experience alan tudyk did a really great job playing all these different characters and it was really fun we don't i don't usually go to the theater that often and usually when i do we're kind of going to see like really well-known musicals like book of mormon or hamilton you know you've been to those also so it was cool going to see a play that doesn't revolve so much around music it's just around somebody trying to tell this story and it was really clever because you can get away with a lot of things that you usually can't get away with like in a TV show or a movie because they were bouncing around between three different storylines. This character who's a researcher who's researching Arthur Conan Doyle, we flash back in time to see the real Arthur Conan Doyle being portrayed by another actor, and then we flash to the fictional universe of Sherlock Holmes, and there's really cool moments where all of these kind of different worlds on stage are kind of interacting with each other. It was really fascinating, and since Tudyk was playing two different characters. They do some kind of body doubles and some baits and switches. And they actually are employing... I'm sure that you've probably seen this at Disney World somewhere, or at least you're familiar with it. Have you seen like those really high-end projectors that project oh, yeah. onto 3D surfaces? Oh yeah. Like um, those are, I guess, accessible enough now to where they're just not in theme parks anymore. They were using one of these projectors to project onto the set, and they project onto like this really cool suitcase. So they did some really cool effects. So. Basically, I don't know if this play is ever going to go wide, but if you're lucky enough to be in Southern California and you're close enough, I think that it runs through July, maybe up until August. So go check out Mysterious Circumstances at the uh, Geffen Playhouse. It's really cool. Awesome. Well, thanks for the recommendation, Mike. I really appreciate Mm -hmm. it. 
Um, I would say I bought a grill this weekend. So, <laughs> you know, I got nothing to go with it. My favorite, I didn't tell you this, my favorite part of it, it's got a bottle opener right on the side. Oh, that, that's convenient. That's that's key. That's key. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking for some people to sit around the grill and be like, no, no, don't touch that one yet. Now flip it over. I'm gonna need. Well, I'm gonna need some guys in sneakers. So, Chris, I mean, that's not the only thing that you did this week. Uh, you are prepping for the convention itself, and you are starting to get ready for the exclusives. And I was gonna mm-hmm. ask you on the show, uh, how are you? How are you planning out your exclusives? Because the convention is just—it's so busy that you can't just like walk up to like um, a Mattel or a Hasbro or a Funko booth. You have to like enter in a lottery to even get into the line at the booth. It's really crazy. Yeah. So I I put so you have so many points you can put into different things and i just dumped all mm-hmm. mine in funko just for the hell of it uh-huh. um so i've got them all only like the afternoons uh several days in a row so i just dumped all my points in a couple afternoon spots and so do you know what exclusives there are going to be or are you just yeah. waiting no they, they've announced all the exclusives for uh-huh. um this and you don't have to buy them at the convention these are uh-huh. san Diego comic-con has uh what are called shared exclusives so like uh-huh. hot topic will have certain ones or like gamestop will have other ones and so on and so uh-huh. forth so uh, San Diego is usually the biggest exclusive release of the year, and I'm just if I get any on the floor and I bring one back, you know, it's going to be that much cooler. But uh, worst case scenario, I can probably order them online at the same point. So yeah, uh, that's one thing that's nice about the convention. Of course, with the age of the internet, you can get anything anywhere delivered to you, whether it's exclusive or not. But if you buy the pop at the convention center in the line, you'll always have that memory attached to it when you look at it. And that's something you can't always get from eBay, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been lucky enough to have some people pick them up, up uh, convention exclusives and, and bring them, bring them back. And sometimes they'll have some that are San Diego only and they're very limited runs, but uh, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not upset either way. I'm just happy to have the experience, Mike, to be completely are- honest. Are they bringing any exclusives of real-life people? Because I know you've told me in the past they've done, like, well-known, iconic directors. Are they doing anything like that this year? I've not seen anything so far. There are a couple that they've not announced yet, and they probably won't until this month, until July, uh, which is literally, what, tomorrow? Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, we'll we'll see what July brings us, but that's that's about all I can can think of right now. So Excellent. Excellent, excellent. But, uh, yeah, so uh, there's another note here, and I don't know what you're talking about, Mike, so you're going to have to explain to me what this other (laughs) free note is, or you can say skip it and we'll we'll move along. No, uh, just I wanted to give a shout-out to what doesn't need a shout-out, obviously, are just classic movies in general. Uh, It had been uh, a a long time since I've seen something iconic cinema-wise, since we we watch a lot of new stuff that comes out. And with the trailer of Dr. Sleep that came out a few weeks ago, I watched it and I was like, I don't know what's going on here. I should probably get around to watching Stanley Kubrick's original original take on um, Stephen King's book, The Shining. So uh, my wife has seen it a long time ago, and I'm sure you've seen it too because you were both in film school together. Yes, it, um, it, it was mandatory um, by the, the – if you did film studies that uh-huh. you, he included – the uh, person in charge of the director had that in every fall semester near Halloween. Yeah. It was in e- yeah. every year. I've watched it probably a dozen times. <laughs> yeah, I had never seen it, and it was such a unique experience just because I have seen so much about this film without ever seeing it. Like, I've literally, like, stepped inside, like, 3D renderings of it with, like, Ready Player One, and I've seen so many parodies of it, you know, from The Simpsons all the way to just, like, any sort of, like, live-action sketch show. There's just been so many takes and angles 
at The Shining. And I was like, all right, I'm finally going to watch it. So we sat down and watched it. And I was pleasantly surprised that I could still actually get a lot out of it from having seen so much of it. It's like this master class of like building tension, which is something that you don't get from all of these other media angles I've gotten over the years. So it was really fun, really good experience. And it, it's making me crave a lot more kind of like classic movies to kind of go back through the catalog and see a lot of these things I list. Um, so I was going to put the question out there to the audience. If you have any movies out there on kind of your quote unquote list of shame, you know, movies that you may have should have seen by now, uh, let me know and maybe I'll go and watch them too. And maybe we can uh, talk about them on the show. I'm sure they don't usually dovetail into kind of some of the nerdier things that we talk about, but who knows, there could be some pretty nerdy movies out there that are old and classic. Uh, maybe, maybe we can jump and watch uh, that really, that first like Nick Fury, David Hasselhoff. Oh, yeah. Um, one that's definitely not a movie classic, but you know, if we're going back in the years, oh Howard the Duck, that, put, put Howard that, the Duck on. Oh yeah, that's true. That might be our our first Marvel one that we could actually jump into. That's not a serial or a miniseries, but yeah, The Shining. It does not need my help, but <laughs> it was fun. Well, so go watch it. It's on Hulu. Let me tell you, you your timing's impeccable because the sequel to this movie called Doctor Sleep is coming out in November mm-hmm. uh, with a yeah, grown up uh, Danny uh, played by Ewan McGregor. Yeah, we rewatched the trailer after we saw this movie. I was like, oh, this is making a lot more sense. Um, but the blue eyes in the trailer are still kind of a little jarring to me. Like, I know Stanley Kubrick kind of made his own version of the story that's kind of set apart from what Stephen King wrote. Um, so maybe the blue eyes fits a lot more into the original story. Uh, but yeah, I'm just like, okay, they got to find a way to maybe explain this a little bit. Cause it seems a little bit too science fictiony where, uh, the, the story everybody knows iconically by now is Kubrick's version. So there's kind of a weird kind of thread that you have to walk there. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how that works. And maybe I'll go check out Dr. Sleep when it hits theaters. I am. I like, I like you and McGregor. He hasn't been anything lately. So I'm like, yeah, let's go check this out. So timing's impeccable, but you know what? We're not here to talk about the shining Mike. We're here to talk about movies that are coming up. And this week, we are, I am one sleep away from watching Spider-Man Far From Home. Yes, and this one sleep will be the last one you get because uh, Spider-Man Far From Home is going to be eating into your next night's sleep because you're seeing this at midnight. Yes, yes, I am. Uh, it's a midnight showing. They've not done this in forever. I'm very excited to to have the experience. Uh, and I, it, I thought I still had like another week away for this movie, and I'm like, holy... Mm-hmm. Crap! It is right around the corner. I'm yeah, and be careful out there because the critics are already reviewing the movie. Uh, I think you told me last week this has already come out in other parts of the world. Yes. So we are we need to be very careful. But luckily, I haven't seen anything pop up spoilery spoilery wise. Uh, but uh, luckily, some of my uh, favorite movie critics that I follow seem to be positive about this film, and that's about as far as I'll go. So I'm glad I haven't seen anything negative yet. But uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, the, the year that that film came out, was my favorite uh, film of the year. Mm-hmm. So I'm just hoping for more of the same and more on top of that. So I'm looking forward to it. I'll be seeing it on Wednesday. Uh, we're going to try to do our best to get it to you, the review for the movie, as soon as possible. But when we'll be able to kind of reconnect and review it, it will technically be the holiday, the 4th of July. So maybe expect it. 
Thursday night, possibly Friday, but we're going to get that to you as soon as possible. Yeah. But uh, if you're lucky enough to have any uh, any extra days off this week, go check out Spider-Man and then join us back here in the podcast feed, and we'll all be uh, we'll be discussing it. Exactly. I'm very excited to see what this is. This is the first movie post in game. Uh, mm-hmm. It does have two in credit scenes. Um, I, I've not heard details, but Kevin Smith uh, of you know comic book and nerd movie fame says mm-hmm. that the mid credit scenes change everything, and I'm like, what does this mean? Oh, now interesting. And he is known to be make, make you know remarks that are very um, I guess outlandish and kind of out there. So I'm like, well, maybe maybe not. Maybe he's he's in his own well, because he gets he, excited he, about a lot of stuff he's known to be pretty hyperbolic yeah just because he's a very emotional uh, guy he puts his emotions on his chest so like i i'm sure he's talked about it at length but i haven't had a chance to hear it firsthand but i'm sure he blubbered like a baby when he saw his mall rat script in captain Marvel. oh yeah yeah he so did he is he is all on board with this marvel universe um you know if we're actually lucky enough to get into Hall H to see Marvel, depending on what the time slot is, is usually Kevin Smith also always has a panel on Saturdays as well, and it's usually the last one of the day in that room. So if we are in Hall H for that, we could probably stick around and catch Kevin Smith and uh, and see uh, see his takes on all of this stuff. But um, who knows? Kevin Smith, I like that guy. But yeah. uh, definitely got to look out for those after credit scenes. Yeah, e- exactly. So uh, there's two. Stay for him. You know you will. I'm going to be staying well into 2.30 in the morning to watch those. So uh, yeah. If anyone else is go- doing the late night show, you know, uh, let, let but, me know. It'll be interesting but to see. Speaking of after credit scenes, speaking of extra content, Chris, yeah, <laughs> you were able to ingest the new Avengers Endgame bonus content, if you will. So you were about to divulge the information, but I said, wait, 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 stop. Let's do oh. it on the show. I gotta know no, on no. the mic, on the record. No, no, you're mistaken. I did not go watch Endgame. I do oh. not have this. Remember, I said I watched it. At my house, <laughs> I did not go to the theater. My uncle came over this weekend. He, my cousins uh, went and ran the color run with my wife. Uh, so my uncle, he's here at seven a.m. The last time he was here last year, doing the same thing, we watched uh, both Black Panther and Infinity War. Uh, and uh, he never. You're, he you're, a, you're a you're a good nephew. <laughs> yeah, and he was so excited to come down because he has not got to watch in game. So we watch in game seven o'clock in the morning, right out the gate, first thing in the day. So if you really want to like take the air out of a room, watch Endgame first thing in the morning because uh, that the movie it, it doesn't end on, on the happiest notes all the time. But he had a really good time. He uh, he didn't see a lot of it coming. He's like he was impressed how well this movie wrapped up all those loose ends after mm-hmm. several years. So um, yeah. So what you were telling me is, I thought when you were watching this version at home, I thought you had gotten the no, bonus content no, no. from your own nefarious means. Uh, no, I don't have the bonus content. It's not out anywhere that I've seen online, and I've heard it's not really worth it. So <laughs> well, that's that's kind of what I was uh, burying the lead. I was waiting to see what you would say if when I thought you saw it. I saw that towards the end of the week, some articles were coming out being very specific of what was going to be in this extra content, and nothing seemed too game-changing. It seemed like we were getting uh, an extended look at Spider-Man Far From Home, kind of like what they did with... um, uh, Venom, where you kind of got a little bit of Spider-Verse at the end of that. Uh, so I was like, okay, well, I'm not too surprised there, but that's nothing that you can't just wait literally a week to just see in the theaters. And um, I don't remember what else so there, there there's was. So there's a deleted scene with the Hulk saving uh, someone from a burning building, but uh, they've not rendered it fully. Like, some, like the Hulk's mouth doesn't move, even though he's like talking. They didn't, they didn't finish it. 
it opens with an introduction from Anthony Russo, I think, or one of them. And then mm-hmm. there's a small Stan Lee tribute at the end as well. So, uh, so really, the only thing you're getting is that that Hulk scene, basically. Yeah, uh, and all of it would be stuff you would find on the Blu-ray DVD, which is coming out. Uh, you can get the digital July 30th or August 13th on physical. So, like, literally this month, if you're listening to this in on July 1st. So, man, I mean, I don't <laughs> think the the box office numbers have totally wrapped up, but right now I'm looking at the worldwide grosses, so I don't know if they've collected all of this bonus viewing content yet. But right now Avengers is sitting at 2.76, and Avatar is at 2.78. So I think when we checked last week, they were they were separated by what, like 40, 30 million, and now they're, now they're around like 20 million, so it, the, the gap is narrowing. So um, I think eventually Avengers Endgame is going to top Avatar. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's necessarily going to be this summer, but they're so close. Avengers Endgame will be re-released again at some point in time. This is just a whole pantheon of this series. These movies get re-released all the time in marathons, you know, in sprees. You know, there's always opportunities for Disney to put this film back out that I can only imagine they're going to find a way to recoup and get just $20 million more million out of this film. But also what I think is really funny is once they pass it, I don't think it's going to be by a huge margin. So that means when they release the other Avatar movies in a couple of years, you know they're going to re-release the first Avatar just because it's been so long since people have seen it. And if James Cameron does invent this crazy glasses-free like 3D viewing of his movies, that's going to drive more people. So there's a chance that these two movies could flip-flop the top two spots a couple of times, which I think is really exciting and could be really fun for some headlines. It could, except there's more Marvel movies and marathons and Avatar. So I think if there's one re-release, Avengers will just keep piling up and Avatar would never come back from that. I but, mean, it could. I mean, there's, there's what, four more movies, three more movies? Every time a new one comes out, it could be re, yeah. re, re-released. The funny thing is all the movie, all the money is still going to Disney. So yeah. it's just kind of like a moot point but it could be fun we could kind of see these two movies duking it out for a while yeah i don't i don't i don't think we will i but also we have like 30 days till digital i mean maybe maybe spider-man will push it this week but this is the only week it it could probably get a good rush um Mm -hmm. so we're gonna if 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 this is it this is the last week for it to do it um at least in this in this current iteration uh the the current run it's been in theaters since what April twenty eighth? So, mm-hmm. um, I did notice they did add, add like one or two screenings a day in my theater, but like they 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 never slowed down once, which was impressive. Because uh, like, like I said, even Dark Phoenix dropped to two screenings a day, and In Game has a whole theater dedicated to itself. They should just call it the In Game Theater and just show it year round. <laughs> at this point. Uh- yeah, unfortunately, I guess just uh, Toy Story 4 is just doing really well, more than I think they expected, so it's just sucking up all the box office dollars, so mm. but, well, what are you going to do? I think I think there's going to be some doubles with people who watch Endgame and then go right into the next one, uh, Spider-Man, which would be really cool. Mm-hmm. I'd, like, I'd like to see that, um, but I don't I don't know if I'm going to be able to have that, that amount of uh, commitment, to be completely honest. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so, I mean, Avengers, uh, yeah, where you can watch it now, you can wait and Get out home a little bit, or we can wait until next year and watch Black Widow. They'll they'll definitely mm-hmm. have a in game before Black Widow, right? Because that makes sense. Probably not. <laughs> Why not? Uh, but uh, they're filming this movie right now. They've never really announced it. They'll announce it at Comic Con, I bet. But there's a car in action scenes 
Um, and the car has been identified as a 2017 BMW 5 Series, which mm-hmm. means it's not a 90s vehicle. Uh, there could be scenes in the 90s, but this is definitely not the 90s that they're filming right now in, in action scenes. Yeah, it seems like I'm really curious what they're going to do. They could take kind of the safe approach and just put it in like this time period when the Avengers were when Captain America was just kind of going dark still, you know, just before Infinity War happened, where these gems were just oppressing just the whole storyline of everything going forward. Uh, That's where they could set Black Widow or they could maybe be a little creative and they could set it in the timeline of post-snap. So Black Widow could kind of be trying to do these adventures over the world where there's a lot of like people missing. There's still some destruction, kind of like those neighborhoods that we got to see Scott Lang walk through when he was tr- when he was on his way to that memorial to find out like half of the world had just disappeared. Um and also talk about a lot of granite you got to engrave. <laughs> it's like it's a half of the population. Yeah, the, a lot of granite smiths out there getting some work. Uh, so I don't know which way they're gonna go, but um, I'm surprised that they're not being as uh, secure with this movie. Like, because we got a lot other uh, telesco- telephoto lens shots of this uh, movie that released some, uh, some other interesting information too. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm, I'm thinking with the she's got the full red hair in this. I'm thinking this is right before Endgame. Or not in game Infinity War. Uh-huh. I, I don't think this, but I mean they could make it later. Like with, she has the blonde hair at the start of Infinity War, um, and she has so the this, red with so, the blonde tips later. But yeah, I think so if it. if we can organize all, so this would be after. Uh, this would definitely be after um, Captain America: Winter Soldier. So she has released all of the Shield documents out into the world, mm-hmm. and really we never got to see the ramifications of that in the MCU. So maybe she could be dealing with that. Maybe now that her identity's out there, she's been this undercover soldier for so long, maybe people will be coming after her because they know who she is, where she is. So that could be an interesting um, avenue to explore there. But uh, it looks like we finally starting to get a hint at who our villain might be also. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I, there's some photos of uh, a person in a suit, and I'm not including them because I don't, I'm not going to say anything until it's it's out because they're I I honestly think they're very very mislabeled, um, but it looks well, to be. I'll, I'll say I'll say it, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> because uh, I put it in our featured image. So if you're clicking on through the list anywhere on the internet, you'll see that uh, it could be and honestly looks very similar to the villain known as Taskmaster. Which you have may have seen in the latest Spider-Man game. I mean, that's I didn't even know he existed until he they put him in Spider-Man. So uh, I didn't know he was such a well-known character. Or do you think maybe Spider-Man made him more well-known? Or did no, you kind of know no, about he, him? He's been around then? forever. I mean, he's been the in, in comic books as a primary villain forever. Um, he's also in the new Avengers game trailer. The um, the the. Uh, one for that's coming out next year in May. He's also in oh that yeah the as crystal well. the crystal dynamics one. I, yeah, I did see him. But, but well, so well, he has I, a skull face, and that's why this one doesn't have a skull face. He looks more like a well, blue Lord Zed from Power Rangers. Well, the only thing that's making me think it is Taskmaster. When I was putting these photos together uh, for when we publish our episode, is we have there's an overhead shot of of this supposed armored villain sticking out of a tank. So I think that's a pretty cool badass scene anyway. So you only get to see him top down. You don't really get to see the face, but you do get to see the suit. Now it's a blue suit. It has like these orange highlights and these flourishes on it. And when you get a screen grab from Taskmaster from the Spider-Man PS4 version, the most 
basically well-known current version of them and you put them next to together those are the same exact colorways i don't know if you've seen the image for our our show chris but if you look at it i mean those are lining up pretty well i mean we can't confirm a skull on his face or not but uh all signs seem to be pointing to taskmaster yeah it it could go either way i'm if if they do it great if not whatever but i mean for a movie that's not announced trying to figure out who is a bad guy driving a tank around it's going to be uh <laughs> i don't know I, I would rather them just go ahead and show us some footage at comic-con like a nice little Ooh. snippet mm-hmm. and then kind of give us that confirmation because i think there there might be several villains here but i mean i'll, I'll I mean, it, if, if if it is you know even better but um I they seem like they way. could be. They seem like they could be formidable adversaries because, like we were talking about this movie in the past, is Black Widow is a very grounded superhero, no big superpowers, but Taskmaster, he's more of like a conniving, like Riddler type of person, you know. So you don't really need superpowers to go up against somebody like Taskmaster. So they could match wits pretty well. So, but like you said. I'm looking forward to some sort of footage. I yeah. want to know what's going on here. Yeah, and and, and Taskmaster, by the way, his his ability—he has a photographic memory. If he sees you do something, he can imitate it directly. Uh, so he usually fights with a sword and, and mm-hmm. a shield that looks like Captain America's. Yeah. Um, so that's his power set isn't based on being super powered or or anything like that. So he he could be up against. Um, uh, Black Widow and, and not be like overpowering, like you said. Yeah, and I don't want I don't want to fansplain here, Chris, because I know you know well beyond my knowledge of all of this stuff. But I found out recently that a photographic memory is not a real thing at all. Like it's it's factually not real. And the study of the person that f- discovered it, he was dating the person that that, uh, that was he he was researching, and they ended up like in a relationship, and all of his like uh, all of his. Um, uh, methods were like all like uh, false, so uh, I guess uh, photographic memory is not a real thing. It is a superpower, so <laughs> we'll we'll see if it's real or not in this film. Yeah, um, yeah, we'll see if that's the that's the that's what he does. The Eternals movie uh, is possibly next year's uh, winter release. Uh, has added Selma Hayek to the cast of uh, a list of growing pretty pretty popular uh, actors so far, including Kumail Nanjiani. Angelina Jolie and Richard Madden, who was a Game of Thrones guy, and very much rumored Keanu Reeves. Very, think, very, very rumored. Yes. Who knows if he'll actually be in it? But the, that rumor has been floating around. They, so it, I mean, Kevin Feige's like we talk about Keanu Reeves for every movie we do. So I, I think it's just a a high hope at the end of the day. Um, speaking of Kamal Nanjiani, I, I forgot to mention Top Show. I went and saw Stuber uh, over the, over last oh, week. Oh yeah, because you got some sort of advanced screening. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm hesitant to ask you if you liked it because I really don't want you to tell me if you didn't like it. But uh, just go ahead and let it loose. I've assu- I'm assuming it was fun. Um, are you going to see? Oh it? no, I I don't like the pause. Uh, yeah, I'm probably going to see it. Okay, well uh, then I'm not going to tell you anything. I'll let you make your own decisions. <laughs> uh, if anybody wants to know what I thought of it, you can feel free to let me know. Um, it was a very interesting experience though because they overbooked the theater and had to turn away like hundreds of people. And I, oh no! Like I'm like, you didn't really plan this out, did you? Because there, there's like a limited number of seats and they have reserved seating. Like you figured they would, you know, figure it out. You, but. They did not account for the for the fervor that surrounds Dave Bautista and Camille Nanjiani. Yeah, yeah, they did not. But um, but Camille will probably be in the Eternals uh, if it comes out next year. So. Uh, I'm interested to come and see where this, what this movie is, or what it even does. 
you know, uh, there's there's no telling what it can do and how it can open up uh, our fourth phase of Marvel movies, Mike. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. we need something to open up. But what I'm glad we didn't get is a Fantastic Four movie from Sean Astin. And that's <laughs> not the only Fantastic Four movie I wish we didn't have. But he uh, almost directed a Fantastic Four movie after doing the Lord of the Rings filmings about 20 years ago. And he wanted Christina Aguilera as, like, Sue Storm. <laughs> Wow, what world. a what a what a casting choice of its time. Uh, Sean Astin, if you're not familiar, played Sam yeah. in The Lord of the Rings. So I didn't know that he was kind of out there wanting to be a director. So I was checking out his IMDb, and he still hasn't really made that happen. He's got a couple credits for directing some uh, smaller stuff, like on the TV scale and some short films. So he's yet to kind of get his big directorial. Uh, debut so who knows he could be a great director it's not necessarily a bad thing to see an actor trying to direct usually they kind of have a sixth sense about you know what happens behind the camera uh so you know maybe this could have been a good thing but uh, as we all know the fantastic four has been a roller coaster ride so it's probably a good thing he didn't get on that roller coaster and bring christina aguilera <laughs> with him so i i'm okay that this didn't happen that doesn't exist out there somewhere for us to go watch yeah um Sean Astin also known for being in the Goonies and uh, the movie Rudy, so he's uh, he could probably do something if he wanted to. I just don't. He was think he, he was to. also in uh, Guillermo del Toro's um, TV adaptation of that vampire comic. What was that called again? It was on FX for a brief moment, maybe like three seasons. The vampire comic. <sighs> yeah, it was like vampires coming to New York. Um, you think it, it also starred the guy who played Yellow Jacket in the first Ant Man movie? Oh, uh, he had a, he had a wig in it though. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know what you're talking I, about the strain. The, the strain. strain that's what it was called. But, yeah, uh, I actually I, I I was like five feet away from Sean Astin at my first C two E two for like twenty minutes. Like he was, uh, he was. You doing should have any- asked him about. You should have asked him about the, what were your plans? What did you want to do with the Fantastic well, they, Four? They wouldn't. Let, they wouldn't <laughs> let anyone talk to him. Uh, they were uh, doing interviews ooh. in the Captain America booth, and they wouldn't let anyone talk to him, which was really disappointing. So, but uh, he was there, and I tried. I tried. Uh, we'll my track hardest. him down in a couple weeks for you, Chris. I'm sure he'll be in San Diego. Yeah, yeah. He's he's not he's not a hot commodity right now. You know, Lord <laughs> of the Rings has been been wrapped up for a while. Doctor Doom. Um, Kevin Feige recently met with Noah Hawley, who's pinned the Doctor Doom movie for Fox before the merger. And mm-hmm. Noah Hawley's known for you know working on Legion, the TV show, and Fargo. Um, maybe I, I don't think they're going to use his script for Doctor Doom. I just think maybe they're like, hey, Noah, you've worked with Legion, you've worked with the mutants, and Doctor Doom. Uh, Legion has Professor X. Maybe we could use some of your insight because people do like Legion in that TV show. So, like, hey, maybe we could just use you as a consultant for th- maybe some new mutant stuff or, we're looking forward to. Or I think you make him a director of something. Noah Hawley is yeah. very, very talented. Uh, Fargo is an excellent show. Even though I'm not watching Legion, I know it's great. That first episode was amazing, and other people out there really like it. So he is an auteur. He knows yeah. what he's doing. So I wouldn't be surprised if Feige's like, we don't want to let you go. We don't want to let you leave this uh, Fox family. Let's bring you into the MCU. Um, and I don't know, maybe Feige read the Dr. Doom script and was like, hey, you got like a lot of really good ideas here and we do want to bring the Fantastic Four into it. You know, what are yeah. your ideas? You know, if he exactly. likes them, I'd love to see Noah Hawley direct something for the well, MCU. He, so well, this is great. Yeah, exactly. He's more like the, an R&D person for the MCU Phase 4 with X-Men and, and Mutants and 
you know, Fantastic Four. So maybe, I mean, I, I, I do think he'd be a great <coughs> asset, but, you know, knowing that Fargo, I mean, and Legion's wrapping up, I don't know how far Fargo go. how busy is he? Um, will his other stuff suffer if yeah. he gets him in well, the movie? That's, so. that's actually a whole nother creative aspect of the MCU that I don't think people think about a lot is, yeah, you're always thinking about who's directing the next movie, what's going on here, and Feige does his best to kind of basically lay out the whiteboard of where is this universe going, what are the story points we want to hit, you know, who should we have to tackle this, but he's probably looking past just hiring a director of, oh, we got James Gunn to do Guardians of the Galaxy, but good thing Gunn is here because now he can executive produce all of these other space movies, and maybe he's thinking the same thing of Noah Hawley, like, hey, come in, Noah Hawley, I want you to direct the Fantastic Four movie, I want you to direct this X-Men movie in a couple of years. And then after that, stay on as an EP and help us really flesh out these different avenues of the MCU. So this is cool. This is good news. Noah Hawley, that is a plus one for me. Yeah, I agree. Uh, uh, keep him around. Keep, keep, him on, uh, keep him on speed dial. But speaking of Legion, the uh, final season is airing already. Uh, there's, uh, I think, season, episode one's out, and they're already promoting episode two. And the big uh, focus on using Professor X this year and time travel uh, from the previous. So <laughs> this this seems like such a this seems like such a Gotham type of move. <laughs> like wait until the final season, and then we're finally going to bring out these heavy hitters that everybody really wanted to see in the show to begin with. Uh, I'm being a little bit uh, more negative towards Gotham just because uh, everyone always wants to see Batman. But it's okay maybe if they waited a little bit longer to see Professor X. He's not as big as a grab as Batman, but it does seem like a very much TV superhero move. Uh, wait until the final season, then give them the goods. Well, I, I, I just know having watched the show, they couldn't have done it until this season because of the time travel aspect. Because they're using a younger, like professor, like um, he's Legion's talking to his dad when he's like a young man and he's still like still, walking, still st- uh, studying at what like Cambridge or yeah. Oxford. I don't, I don't remember exactly. There's like a prototype there. cerebro. He doesn't have the school, and there's not like no. There's no big classes of mutants. <laughs> you know, speaking of, like, Cerebro, just in general, it made me think back to when we were uh, watching Dark Phoenix. Man, just the tool that is Cerebro has just, like, taken such a dive. I remember when that thing was so cool and so important and so integral to the plot of those early X-Men movies, and then basically it just kind of turned into, um, like, a telescope or yeah. something, like, towards the end of the franchise. It doesn't even matter. Who cares if we see it anymore? It's uh, Apple's Find My Friends for Mutants. <laughs> Do you think Johnny Ive left Apple this week so he could go build his own Cerebro? Yeah, it's going to be a sleeker Cerebro, one you put in your pocket <laughs> and uh, works. <laughs> Not, notches everywhere, and you have to turn it over and lay it mm-hmm. on its uh, lay it on its top to charge it. Yeah, so, but it's, uh, yeah, I, I'm excited to watch the final. I need to watch a lot more of last season and this season because this show is just such a trip, and I'm, I'm very excited to see kind of what it does. Uh, if anyone else is watching Legion, let us know. Um, we are going to Comic Con this year. We've talked about Hall. What we are? Yeah, we are. And Hall H <laughs> being uh, a huge grab for anyway. But a uh, couple uh, other Marvel people will be at Hall H doing uh, probably less Marvel related things. Um, first up, the Russo brothers will host a Hall H panel on Friday morning, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, this year of their own uh, accord, they're always working on something else. Uh, I think there's like, aren't they doing? Um, what was the the they're Magic the Magic Gathering. The, Magic the Gathering. They've also EP'd like other stuff. It's Deadly Class. Well, it just got canceled. Yeah, Deadly Class. They got they got a ton of stuff out there. And I'm sure I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they've been approached by Marvel or maybe even Image to like 
hey, do you got any ideas that maybe you want to see in a comic book? Maybe not on a bigger screen. So um, mm-hmm. they've probably got a lot of irons in the fire. So they've got that going on. And immediately after that panel, um, the uh, Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely, the writers of not just in-game, but Infinity War in-game, several Captain America movies, uh, will also be having their own Hall H panel uh, based on, yeah. on writing. Yeah, that is a power-packed panel right there. So I know it's not as flashy and trendy and like headline grabbing as you might see like a Warner Brothers or like a uh, Star Wars coming to Hall H or something like that. But these are like these are the real meat of Comic Con. So if you've never been to a panel at a at a comic book convention before, um, Comic Con in San Diego operates pretty much the same way where panels are usually like an hour long, maybe 45 minutes at the shortest. And the first half of it is usually the presenter, you know, getting across whatever they want to talk about. And then usually they save uh, plenty of time towards the end for just questions. Like every panel you go to, there's always Mm -hmm. time for questions. So people are rushing to like the microphone in the middle of the room so they can ask these, these creators. Usually you're just shouting into a void on Twitter to ask these people. So now you actually get a chance to get on a microphone in front of a room full of a bunch of people and ask these people directly. Now if they're smart enough and they have good PR people, they'll skirt any sort of direct questions or they say it, or they'll just be very curt and just be like, oh, you know I can't answer that but then you know they'll be like oh thanks you know you're cool or whatever they're always very nice so these are just the perfect type of panels for just questions I wouldn't be surprised if the moderator just talks for a very short like 10 minutes and then just a flood of people just get in line to ask a thousand different questions I would think the writers and the Russo brothers would just be able to I would love to see how differently their questions get answered because they've already been known in the press to say conflicting things about the timeline of these last two Avengers movies so it would be kind of cool to see if we can get some more of them out at Comic-Con and they know the audience that they're in front of they know that they can't sidestep things they know that they just can't placate like a random journalist for like an entertainment blog or whatever these are like the fans that will take you to task and uh, sometimes the questions can get a little cringy because people will just go for the neck sometimes at these people and just ask them like hey this doesn't make any sense why'd you Mm -hmm. do this so this is going to be really fun to see what comes out of what comes out of these two panels yeah hopefully people just don't bombard them with marvel stuff because i'd like to hear everything they also have to add to everything but you know they're going to be there doing that they're going to be filled those questions left and right uh uh so but yeah i i think that's some good variety because on the flip side of that um sony and fox uh purchased by marvel uh will uh not will be skipping a hall h panel this year along with warner brothers universal and legendary Mm-hmm. So, uh, in that regards, you know, for Sony, that means we're not going to get any Venom 2 announcements on the panel. No Morbius footage or Bloodshot reveals. They've got some stuff in the works, and, you know, maybe they, they'll figure out another way to unveil them um, at Comic-Con, but there won't be a big Hall H panel where they bring people out and show the footage. Yeah, I think it makes sense for Fox not to be there, just because they're in this whole transitional process of trying to figure out where they're going to go in the future. Sony makes a little bit of sense just because Spider-Man will have already been out and it's pretty much a a Marvel property at this point in time. They don't really have enough Venom. They don't have enough track in front of that to talk about it yet. Um, It would have been cool maybe to see someone like Legendary there because maybe they could kind of talk about what they're going to do with King Kong versus Godzilla. But maybe that's still also a little too far out. Maybe it makes more sense to do next summer. 
So, um, I mean, we're gotten, we got a lot of announcements of who's going to be in Hall H this year. You know, we know Game of Thrones is coming back. We have these other creators coming to Hall H. Mm-hmm. So um, maybe it'll be a little bit easier to get into the Hall H this year since a lot of the big heavy hitters are kind of taking a break. So yeah. this could be a good thing for us, Chris. Yeah, but not the Marvel one. That line's going to be huge. <laughs> a lot of focus on that, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm excited mm-hmm. to see what. what this, again, first time I'm gonna I'm gonna have an interesting uh, outlook on it. So very very excited. Uh, Paul Rudd has joined what's being called Ghostbusters 2020. I don't know if the 2020 is going to be dropped off or not, but uh, he will be in there possibly as a school teacher for for this uh, movie. Um, Ghostbusters. I mean, we know we we loved Paul Rudd here. We love Paul Rudd here probably almost as much as we love Carl Urban. So mm-hmm. uh, I got my picture with him. We 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 don't have strong attachments to Ghostbusters, and I think I went on a rant last time. <laughs> I think we do, we are a little bit divided on the announcement of this movie. I think I I don't really care that much. You seem to be a little bit more interested. So, I mean, the Paul Rudd equation helps it out a little bit, but. Yeah, who cares? I just want more ecto cooler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We're here. For, we're here for the promos, uh, but uh, you know, Ghostbusters isn't our biggest thing. I just think it started pouring rain outside my house, Mike. That's awesome. I was like, "What the hell's <laughs> hitting the window?" It's rain. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited to to see what Ghostbusters bring. And you know, Paul Rudd, he's humor, humor, humorous. Uh, and they had what uh, Chris Hemsworth in the last one. So you know, Marvel people and Ghostbusters movie sometimes are the best part of it the end of the day that's that's true <laughs> that's true do you want to see more do you want to revisit the matrix mike do you want to go back and see more of what's happening in your favorite digital world uh sure <laughs> good because the uh, i've been told we've, we've covered this before i i feel like we've talked about this years ago in in this podcast but it's, it's a lot more steams gaining here a lot more rumors uh you know shout out to one of our listeners christopher kidman for you know reminding me last week of, of some of the stuff uh but zach penn who worked on the incredible hulk has been hired to write the film uh the wachowski sisters are returning are set to return to direct this new matrix movie with Michael uh-huh. B. Jordan starring in the film. <laughs> Michael B. Jordan. I This is the component I remember. I feel like I do remember that connection. The, the dartboard Matrix with the names. And, uh, <laughs> and Michael B. Jordan. Um, I mean, is it just was it just a matter of time before the Wachowskis circled back around to the Matrix? It seems like they've tried a lot on the yeah. path back to their franchise. Uh, I, I won't dog on them too much. I know Cl- Cloud Atlas wasn't my sing, my my thing. Uh, Jupiter Ascending, definitely I was never going to see that. But they've they've kind of made some cultier stuff. What was that, that project Racer? that they had on... The, they had it on Netflix, um, that series, um, oh, with all uh, the personalities the, yeah, that, the, that the, were shared the, across. They all, yeah, they can't... I listened to the show, Marshall. He he know. He, I remember he watched it. Yeah, um, I knew. I knew a lot of people really dug that. There was actually uh, up upcry when it got canceled, and they didn't get a conclusion for that show. So they're very they're very niche creative minds, which is kind of exciting because when they can pull it off, it explodes and it becomes like a, a generational. Um, thing like the Matrix, but kind of when it's on a smaller scale, no one really seems to care too much about it. I know a lot of people really love Speed Racer. A lot of people have told me, yeah, you got to go back and watch that. It might have bombed at the box office and no one really remembers it, but apparently that movie was a trip. So I might have to go back and watch um, and watch Speed Racer. But um, is this just supposed to be playing? Is this going to be a sequel? Is this just going to be playing in the field of what the Matrix was while it was at its height? Or I assume it's probably a sequel. If they don't make Michael B. Jordan the son of Morpheus or something, I'd be really surprised. Uh, oh, I didn't even think about that. But I, I think you know, when the Matrix came out in the late '90s. 
it, it's a testament to its time, right? I mean, that's mm. what the internet looked like in the 90s. Well, we've evolved leaps and bounds in the past 20 years of technology. So maybe they take the Matrix and, and modernize some of the stuff while, while moving forward as well. Don't uh, prequelize it because yeah. I now I'm just thinking Michael B. Jordan as young Morpheus, and I don't want to go back in time. I already know how well, the story ends. I know who Neo is. I don't want to see young Morpheus, so please don't do young Morpheus. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think they will because, I mean, you'd have to, like, reset all the technology to the 90s, you know? So um, it'd just be easier going forward, make him a son or a descendant or maybe even someone new, maybe not even close to it. But just saying that they're related to me being kind of uh, awful about all this. But, um... It could be something completely new, but they're looking for a 2020 production start date. So we could like see something 2021, 2022, if they really put a lot of effects into it. But, uh, you know, uh, the first Matrix is always a good thing to go back and watch. The The second two are not nearly uh, open with welcome arms, um, especially with all the metaphors and stuff in them. But, I mean, it, yeah, I'm, I'd, I'd like to watch a new one, an updated one, I guess. It doesn't sound too bad, you know? Yeah, I mean, all I know is I have consumed my Liberty Brew from Mountain Dew. Uh, I am 91 milligrams into this bottle, so I am all amped to talk about Teen Titans Go now. Okay, well, I'm not quite done. I'm not halfway with mine. I've been, I've been saving it. <laughs> but we are in Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans. And mm-hmm. we got a tease of this at the end of the Teen Titans Go to the movies thing uh, where they, they show the old school 2003 team of the Teen Titans um, doing like a broadcast so we now have the trailer for this upcoming movie which is not going to be hitting theaters it's going to be on dvd and digital um we don't know there's no release date yet i couldn't find one uh but it shows apparently the villains of the groups are the same like trigon and uh some other people are are coming together to kind of look like it looks like a battle world where they have to fight each other for a little bit then they figure out they're going to break out of whatever's going on here um but what i like about this is not only the jokes, like the Teen Titans Go ones are goofier, but I love that it literally is the same voice actors from each series. Like, mm. the, like Robin is the same voice actor from the original and the new one. And, like, different art style, different look, different demeanor, but they are the same voice actor. And it just gets me every time I watch this. Yeah, What, what I'm hoping is, is I'm hoping this is the exact same creative team that gave us Teen Titans Go to the movies. Because that movie was great. It had, like... It only had like a $10 million budget, which is microscopic for anything superhero related that comes out into theaters. And it actually made a profit. I'm looking at the box office mojo page right now, and it made made $52 million. So that's a that's a that's like a $40 million uh, windfall for them. So unfortunately, we don't get anything coming back to the big screen. I wonder if maybe that was an idea that they had of like, oh, if this does well enough, we'll do the verses in theaters. So I'm guessing that this direct-to-DVD release is going to have less of a budget, so it'll probably just have less celebrity cameos because you just can't afford people like Nick Cage on something that's going to go direct-to-DVD. Well, actually, I don't know. Maybe you can. Uh, Nick Cage is not really at the height of his powers anymore. But if it has the just all the same great jokes and writing, this could be just as good as Teen Titans Go to the Movies. So I'm very excited for this. And also, you get to see um, you get to see the old school crew come back, and I I can only assume since they really delved into the meta humor and go to the movies that there's got to be like a Terra joke because that was the whole thing about the original Teen Titans series ending was it ended right on this cliffhanger of we didn't know what was going to happen the Terra the the girl that had the superpowers of moving Earth and stuff and Beast Boy was like in love with her mm-hmm. so I would love if they made fun of that or at least gave us like a an ending of what was supposed to happen. 
happen with there. So we'll get to see probably different versions of Slade. I, they're probably not going to get Will Arnett back to play Slade. But um, yeah, looking forward to this. And did, did you check their release date? I didn't really see when it, this was coming it, out. It doesn't have one. It's just it's coming soon. I, I, gotcha. I, I looked for it. I went back and rewatched the trailer uh, before mm-hmm. this, but not, nothing yet. So I'm assuming maybe a fall fall release. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, I'm excited to watch this. And, yeah, and just, just another movie recommendation from Superhero Slate. After you finish watching Stanley Kubrick's groundba- <laughs> groundbreaking film, The Shining, which is just a master class of anticipation, uh, go for some lighter fare and go watch Teen Titans go to the movie because it's great. Oh. Great back-to-back. Uh, there needs to be a drive-in that programs that somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and again, I want to say that I, I, I was like, I will never, ever get – to convince Mike to watch this movie because I went to theaters to watch it. And then when it came out in digital and you got a chance and you're like, the song is stuck in my head in like the first five minutes. That, I was that's like, what did it. That song. I was like, if they're able to just make something really kind of clever like this, uh, the movie has got to be good. So who teen Titans go to the movies. If you haven't watched it yet, you're doing yourself a disservice. Yeah. Yeah. I, very, very much so. And uh, I might be on Netflix. I don't, I don't know. Either I'm way. sure that there's going to be like a two pack. I mean, these these two movies are just destined to be sold together. Yeah. So uh, just look out for that. Yeah, we had two really good animated movies last year with superheroes mm-hmm. based on ki- based based on kids' properties. So <laughs> there we go. Final Fantasy is getting a live action TV series. We, we've what? talked a lot about lately. This is this is news to me. I didn't know this. Yep. So they're working on uh, dealing with the live action. So it's not based on any, all the games are different. They're, they're not set in the same universe. So mm-hmm. uh, they're not basing this for really anything. They've done, they did a couple CG movies before one of them uh, starred uh, Ming-Na Wen, who is uh, agent may in shield mm-hmm. uh, as one of the main act as voice actresses. Uh, I think it was called uh Spirits Within. Uh, the Spirits Within, yeah. It's a weird movie. Um, yeah, it's. I watched it when it came out just because I was really into uh, anime back when this movie came out. I was like, oh, man, this is going to be crazy, like 3D uh, CG yeah. action, and it was it was strange. It's like, it's like <laughs> watching a Linkin Park music video of the early 2000s. Uh, the yeah, I'm really, I'm really curious what you do with the story approach. I mean, I guess there's overarching themes that are probably comparable in a lot of Final Fantasy uh, games, uh, but I, yeah, I don't really know how you turn it into a live action well, series, to be honest. They will have Mike Chocobos in this one. Oh, snap. They did Chocobo. say they will have the Chocobos, the big, fluffy yellow birds uh, in there. So uh, I guess really what you do is find somebody that just has a really interesting story that they want to tell. Well, doesn't really, and just put it in a universe that feels Final Fantasy esque, you know? Well, apparently it's set in the the world of uh, Final Fantasy fourteen, which is the the online version game. Oh God, I I couldn't even tell you anything. Well, about it, well exactly. <laughs> it's just it's it's an original story set in that that world. So it's like, hey, we already have stuff we use pretty regularly, so we we can pull it. And there's a character named Sid because there's uh-huh. a, a character named Sid literally in every game. So. Uh-huh. Um, you know, if you think about it, I'm kind of visualizing um, Mortal Engines with Chocobos. Because yeah. Mortal Engines kind of has a very similar look and feel to Final Fantasy with airships and big kind of mechanical steampunk influences. Yeah. And I haven't seen Mortal Engines, but I would I would wager a bet that there's probably some sort of fancy sword in there somewhere. So There's, there's going to be magic and all sorts of little creatures that are staples, but... Uh-huh. What's cool is they're working the production with a company called Hive Mind, uh, uh-huh. which is the studio behind Netflix Witcher series that's coming up, oh. and Amazon's The Expanse uh, show as well. 
So maybe this is going to be the sneak attack of how they turn video games into live action properties. They're just going to sneak attack and attack us on the TV front. And before we know it, uh, uh, video games will be a thing. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think they're probably better suited for TV series. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to look at, you know, when they don't work well in movies, look at Super Mario Brothers from the 90s. Yeah. I mean, especially for like a, a role playing game like Final Fantasy, like those games are like, what, 40 plus hour games usually? Oh, minimum, so yeah. That, yeah. That sounds like TV series to me. <laughs> yeah. And especially with this online, when the Final Fantasy 14 launched in like 2010, it's been going strong for, you know, over nine years now. So I'm, sh- I'm shocked. <laughs> yeah, they've got a lot of history to, to draw from. Um, hopefully they don't do like what World of Warcraft did. Because uh, that wasn't that. It wasn't bad. It was boring. But, whatever. but this week, if you're a Netflix subscriber, you can tune in to Stranger Things Season 3. Yay! July 4th, if on Thursday. I found I found out um, if uh, you're lucky enough to know or work for Netflix, you get a special little pin to where you can watch this stuff a week in advance. Uh, we have some friends that, that actually live just across the street, and we actually have a key to their apartment. I think they're out of t- I think they're out of town too. I could just walk right into their place, but I don't know their pin number because we were over there the other week having dinner and they had Netflix up on the screen and uh, they hit play on like this Aziz Ansari stand up that I haven't seen before and then it had them put in this pin and I was like, why do you guys have to put in a pin? Like, why do you guys have like these adult like kind of securities on it? You guys don't have kids, so I was like, what's going on here? And they're like, oh, well, we get to watch stuff about a week ahead of time uh, with our like Netflix code and I was like, oh, that's so cool. So the props. The pros of working at Netflix is you get to watch this stuff so far ahead of time. So they were saying, they're like, we're waiting for Stranger Things to drop. We want to watch it early. So I have it just across the street if I want to go watch it right now. Yeah, well, you figure out that pin. There's only a couple, oh, yeah. only a couple combinations. You'll figure it out. Just, there's just four digits standing between me and this. I'm curious what they're going to do to kind of get us back into this series. Because I'm sure the Duffer brothers know that it's been a long time since people have watched and visited um, Hawkins, Indiana, and have visited these characters. I mean, I'm not a person that usually goes back and rewatches dramatic shows. You know, I might run through, like, you know, things like The Office or 30 Rock or Parks and Rec every once in a while, but I'm usually not going to go back and try to catch up on, like, a drama series. So it's almost going to be a little bit kind of like Game of Thrones where we were out of it for, like, nearly two years and now we're trying to get back into it so they're probably going to have a pretty beefy like last time on last time on stranger things to get us back into it and uh this will be fun though i'm very much looking forward to the aesthetic of summertime in that area because we both we grew up in the midwest in indiana so we'll see how accurate it is to our summers because sometimes i think people get confused with like what it's like to grow up like in the south for the summer and the midwest i think is like a different type of experience compared to like the pacific northwest or southern california so i'm looking forward to see how authentic they make it it's also you know the first one not set at halloween right so like that's Mm -hmm. a that's a that's a a huge uh, chance for it to branch out a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm excited to kind of see what the, that kind of brings to it. Again, I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of the show, but I will watch it. I had it. Yeah. I, I enjoyed the, the one episode in season two that nobody else did. So, and where uh, Eleven joins her superhero team of people, like the little, oh, little yeah. X-Men episode. So <laughs> um, yeah, I'm excited to see what they do here and, and, and what is going on. I've seen a lot of uh, pop vinyls of this season mm-hmm. where what's his name? The, um, the uh, 
boyfriend of the one girl he's working at like baskin robbins so oh he's working at scoops ahoy which scoops i ahoy. love that i don't know if that place is real but i love that name of just like a nautical kind of themed ice cream joint yeah steve steve, steve is his name with the big curly i'm kind of I'm, I'm i'm aspiring to his hair i really like that big swoopy head he's got going on. yeah he looks like the guy from parks and rec they say like a younger mm-hmm. version of him so yeah stranger things this week catch it or don't catch it uh, lastly, uh, another show starring Millie Bobby Brown from uh, Stranger Things, uh, Enola Holmes, will be getting a movie version, uh, which is, I looked this up, this is um, was written like 2005 or six. it's a series of books based on Enola Holmes, the younger sister to Sherlock and Mycroft Holmes. Um, this was never written in the original uh, Sherlock Holmes stuff, but uh, Henry Cavill will play Sherlock Holmes in this as well. Which, I feel like this is uh, a unique for the podcast. We started it with uh, Sherlock Holmes, and now we're ending yeah. it with Sherlock Holmes. Exactly. Well, when you mentioned that earlier, I'm like, well, this is kind of fun. I don't know if he knew this was coming <laughs> or not. Uh, but um, th- this is a finite series of books. I think there's like six or seven books. And mm-hmm. uh, like the uh, Holmes mother moves away, uh, like runs off to live uh, out on an island away from Victorian lifestyle. And Sherlock and Mycroft want to send their like y- younger sister to like boarding school. And she's like, no, mm-hmm. I... I don't want to. So she's like on the run outsmarting them the whole way uh, through the series. So uh, I don't know how they'll do that in this one, but um, yeah, I'm kind of curious. I'm trying to picture Henry Cavill as Sherlock Holmes. Like I know the character has kind of taken many different forms, but it's hard for me to shake the mystique of Superman off of Henry Cavill or some sort of government spy, like from mission impossible fought. I mean, this dude cocks his arms cause they're so gigantic even though, like, uh, Robert Downey Jr. did kind of portray more of, like, a fit Sherlock. Mm-hmm. Well, there's, like, a whole fighting pit scene where he takes his shirt off and he's duking it with a guy. I just can't picture Henry Cavill as Sherlock Holmes, which is kind of funny considering isn't Henry Cavill uh, British? Doesn't he have that British accent by default? Or am I totally adding that on and that's not I, true? I don't know. Uh, that's, a, that's a great question. Uh, probably someone else is more equipped to answer is than I Is Henry... Yeah, right. Cavill, still Superman. That's the top result. Yeah. Uh, he is a British, British actor. First line on Wikipedia. There you go. So maybe maybe he's the most adept. I don't know. Maybe Bene- Benedict Cumberbatch will be mine. Like <laughs> I will always have that in my head forever. Yeah. If you follow uh, Boss Logic out there on Instagram, he recently just did this cool like kind of little Photoshop composition of uh, of all of these different screen Sherlock Holmeses into uh, one poster. So that was kind of cool. And I think uh, uh, Boss Logic is also going to be at San Diego Comic Con this year. So uh, maybe I'll check out his booth, see if he's like selling some prints. Yeah. Yeah. We could. I mean, we we I I don't like his. Uh, this is what this person could look like posters, but I do like the ones where he goes back and mashes stuff up together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gotta give a shout to Superfan Jim. He sent me a mashup. They did. Um, they took the three Spider-Man movies and combined them into one into the Spider-Verse movie, and it actually worked way better than I thought it would. Because oh, I, I I think I saw that too. Because you know how much I hate that stuff. I hate fan edits mm-hmm. and stuff. And that one, uh, I, it was a, it was a bigger company. I think you know d- had a little more time, a little more uh, work with it, and it actually came together pretty well. And I was like, well, this is not too bad at all. So, uh, thanks for sending that over, Jim. Appreciate it. But that's all our notes for this week, Mike. I uh, I'm very excited to. I, apparently, I got to work tomorrow, then step real late to go watch uh, Spider Man. So I'm <laughs> I, I I can't think about anything else now. I I don't know what's happening. I'm I'm gonna go in so blind. And I'm very, very excited, Mike. So 
Well, I hope everybody has a great holiday week. If you're here in the States, if you're listening outside, I still hope you have a a great normal week. And whenever your uh, country's independence comes up to be celebrated, I hope that's fun as well. So uh, ours is coming up soon and we're going to celebrate by watching Spider-Man and Chris eating uh, very dyed kettle corn at his movie theater. I'm going to go all out and I will will, be reviewing. I'm going to get there early and review that before the movie starts. And honestly, I feel like I'm on the precipice of a heart attack after drinking this Liberty Brew. It's like really getting to my carotid artery. So let's wrap this up. All right. All right. Mike, if people want to know what you're up to this week and maybe, you know, how you're celebrating your uh, Independence Week uh, and if you're getting any more holiday or Liberty Brew in you, uh, where can they find you at? <laughs> well, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Twitter and Instagram, and you can read my uh, web comics at pickledcomics.com. I'm doing uh, some fan art recently in the past couple weeks on my Instagram page, so you can check out some Pokemon fusion art that I did the other day, doing some scene studies from Evangelion, working my way through that series, and I might do a I might do a little uh, drawing of the of the play I saw last night. So if you don't have a chance to go see it, maybe uh, maybe some of my musings will will uh, bring you a little bit more joy. But Chris, if people want to check out what you're up to, if you're getting any more raccoons sneaking into your place, I saw like a I saw something that went viral a couple weeks ago online where uh, somebody moved into a place and there was like a raccoon like living under the porch. And when they moved in, like the the landlady gave them like a box of treats, and they're like, "Oh, what's this for?" I was like, "Oh, this is for the raccoon that lives under your porch." So they just like feed the raccoon that lives under there. So you could have done that, but you just had to you just had to evict them from your from your attic. I did. If I didn't, if I lost one more night of sleep, Mike, it would have ended much worse than, than the way it did. <laughs> uh, it, it'll drive you crazy. It'll make you do strange things. But if you want to know what I'm up to, you can find me on Twitter, Valdan V A L D A N, or hit me up on Instagram, Valdan. 87. I'm about to finish putting this grill together tonight, Mike. I'm going to be grilling and showing people what that looks like. So, you know, send me my main card immediately. I need that to my mail. <laughs> it's, in the, it's in the mail, Chris. Good, 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 good. Uh, you can also head over to Comic UI. Uh, I'm really excited. Uh, again, like I said, we're going to be doing Spider-Man Far From Home review this week. Mike, I'm very excited to talk to you about it because I know... Mm-hmm. Spider-Man's your boy. It's one of your one of your one of your, he your things. He is my boy. I mean, this is one of those unique years where uh, usually a Spider-Man movie, whether it's animated or live action, is my favorite movie of the year. And we've already had Endgame, so we'll have to see if Spider-Man can beat out my current favorite movie of the year. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, we definitely will. If people want to know more about us and where they can drop when that review hits, where can they find us at? Well, as always, all you have to do is visit SuperheroSlate.com. That is where we have all the resources for the show, and you can get our awesome show notes. So we talked about some trailers here. We got some links to stuff happening at Comic-Con. We got those uh, screen uh, screenshots. Well, I guess not screenshots. They're real-life screenshots, also known as photographs, <laughs> from, the, from, the Black Widow, uh, from the Black Widow set. So you can check that out at SuperheroSlate.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and wherever else you love to listen to your podcasts. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and you can get merch at SuperheroSlate.com slash store. Check out that link. We got some new designs up there. You can get stickers, shirts, tank tops. I know it's getting hot out there, so you can get stuff without sleeves if you must. And we love hearing from you. Uh, reach out to us. Let us know if you're going to be at Comic-Con. We're going to be bringing down some exclusive vinyl stickers, very high-quality stuff. I only buy the nicest stuff when it comes to vinyl die-cut stickers. So check us out if you're down there. We'll give you some stickers, and we'll hang out, take a couple pics. Um, and we love hearing from you. Uh, I want to know if there's any classic movies that, that's on your list of shame. Reach out and let us know. 
And um, we love our super fans. And if you want to be a super fan of the show, all you got to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy, and we will be here every week. And just in a couple more days, make sure you're subscribed, and we will be talking about Spider-Man Far From Home. And in three weeks, we'll be doing our San Diego Comic-Con wrap-up episode together. Done. In person. Done. I'll have to let Chris straighten his mug. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, that's right. All right, we'll catch you guys next week. All right, bye, everybody. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. I like how you're like, it was 80-something. Oh, my God, we had to put the air on. I'm like, I need three out, and I didn't have my air on all day here.